Everybody live from the illustrious site of a trouncing that took place on Sunday night, SoFi Stadium in the city of champions, Inglewood. How you feeling? Great. Got it. That Rams dub. You know I'm down with the Rams dub for the Ozone. They told us they did it just for us. Matthew Stafford went deep for us. Nice guy. Yeah. Wow. They came out blazing. A little over the top. Yeah. Immediately. Over the TZ. Man. What is it with you and TZ? I love that. TZ, it stands (laughs) for Terry. Oh, maybe that's what it is. (laughs) Well, either way it goes, we got a good show for you today. We're going to be dealing with the NFL and my sour feelings towards a particular quarterback who cost me my fantasy game. We're going to be dealing with boxing because there's a lot of action going on. And unfortunately, there's a lot of action going on, which was... You threw the deal in there. Yeah. We're going to be dealing with the deal. Yeah. We need to deal with, with senior citizen fighting is what we need to deal with. Senior citizens shouldn't be fighting. It's elder abuse. I don't care if they're fighting other senior citizens or not. What are we doing? What are we doing, America? Come on. Ah. But I want to start in New York, actually. I want to start at the U.S. Open. What a hell of a tournament this U.S. Open was. Yeah, and it started out on a bad note with the storms and everything, but it really kicked in. And, and kicked then it was a gear. trip because it seemed like the storm never happened. Like They just continued, right? even though that it leaked through the ceiling and everything. But the next day was a beautiful day, and the rest of the tournament, they said they had uh, 600 and something thousand people attended the tournament uh, after not having any fans last year, and they brought life to the stadium. Literal. Yeah. Literal life. I and, mean, the yes. Thing was- and who else brought life was the youth. Yes. I feel like this is the clearest cut case we have of the changing of the guard in tennis. Than I feel like a changing of the guard. I really do. Really? I really do. You had a large contingent of the men's, the, the ATP players, uh-huh. who just didn't play due to injury or whatever. Right. You have the, the old guard of Federer, Nadal, and the top dog for the past couple of years is Novak Djokovic, and he gave it his all to, to win the calendar slam. Right. First time since 1952. It was an option. It was unbelievable that he was even in a position to do it. But eventually, Father Time caught up to him, in my opinion. You think it was Father Time? I do. I just as think, much as I love Novak. Yeah, I just think that it was a situation where Medvedev had gotten used to his style of play. The way that he came out and dominated, it wasn't just like a... Well, see, but this is why I say it's Father Time. I, yeah, it's now, Father Time usually... Now, 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 you can get Father Time. <laughs> just not with me. <laughs> yeah, it deceives you. Because you think that, you know, you still have it and you're moving slow. You think that you're moving fast, but you're moving slow. Well, Novak is still moving yeah, fast. Yeah, and he's still moving fast. And he's, he's still the best player in the yes, world. And he still looks good. Yeah, he still looked good. Yes. Most of the time, the older guys, you know, you think that you have it and you don't. I feel like you're thinking more of a boxing or a baseball. Maybe so. In tennis, the old, the age doesn't show itself in that way. How does it show it? Because... Usually the straight tennis sets. players, it shows in straight <laughs> sets. Sometimes a bagel gets involved. We got a New York Straight bagel. See, lots of bagels are involved. It's a kosher dish. What can we do? But, uh, no, this, this go around, I think what happened was Novak kept dropping that first set throughout the tournament. And I actually thought it became a strategy. I thought he would drop the first set in the, the vein of trying to see what the opponent had once he got past a certain amount, and then he just dominated the next three sets. But by the time he got to the final, he had been on court for five extra hours than right. Danny Medvedev. And that's a big I, deal. Five extra hours is two matches. But is that like a part of the draw? 
or you know, or you had a tough road. Or do you think that that was a part of that fifty-three what ball rally that he had? This is the point of what I'm saying. So when he played Zverev, they went five sets. Zverev took him to the limit. I think they went five. Uh, and yeah, I think Zverev took two sets off of him, and that took a lot out of him. 53-ball rallies, 33-ball rallies. Like This stuff takes a lot out of your legs. And Novak's game, the thing I love about Novak Djokovic, I went on live television on the tennis channel, and I said it three years ago. I think Novak Djokovic is going to go down as the greatest tennis player that's ever played because he dominated in the Nadal-Federer era. Right. His record against both of them is highly impressive as opposed to the rest of their records against each other. The other thing is, is he can win on any surface. And the thing beyond that is what we watch is Novak Djokovic applies so much pressure mentally to the opposition. He grinds you out. Yes, it's like a game to him. He figures you out slowly but surely. He doesn't know your approach. And then slowly but surely during the match, he starts figuring out your approach. And And it's not even slowly but surely. It's after the first set. That's the thing. He needs about six games to figure it out. And then he has the mind that's like, oh, okay, this is how I beat you. Right. And it might just be a stamina thing. He can keep going. And he's, he can rally with you forever. And, and Novak is saying, hey, I bet you that you'll make a mistake before I do. And, and the thing that we saw that Medvedev was able to do was Medvedev beat him and Novak helped him. Mm-hmm. In comparison to usually with the Joker, he's saying, I'll never beat myself. I got the wild card. <laughs> Bing! It's right <laughs> on his head. But this time, you never saw the spark. You actually even saw some nerves. Because he was trying not to address the idea of the calendar slam and everything. He already lost to Zverev in the Olympics, mm-hmm. which was a big deal. And he was trying to address to not address it until it was he won the semifinal and he was playing for it. And he said something that put me on guard afterwards. And he was like, I'm going to play this like this is the last match of my career. It was like, wow, okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. Lights out. And, and so he went out there with the pressure to perform. And it just never came together. You saw Medvedev outlast him on points. Right. And there was one point that was a super key turning point of the whole, the, the, the whole tournament, which somebody has to get fired for. There's got to be some accountability. Novak finally got to the point where he could break Medvedev. Medvedev's serve was incredible. Anybody who watched it saw it throughout the tournament, but especially in the final. Novak finally got in a, in a situation in the second set where he could break him. And that's all he needs is a crack. Novak right. gets his foot in the door. That's it. It's over. Got that situation. And somebody turns the music on on the loudspeakers of the stadium. And they had to replay the point. And he had gotten Medvedev to get a super soft serve. And he yes. was in the process of potentially winning that point, which could turn the beat around, which is when Novak, after he lost that point, after he lost that game, smashed his racket up and the whole song and dance. Yeah, but this is what gives me the boo-boo face about tennis and golf. Why is it that they can't have any noise while they're playing? What, that makes no sense. Any other sport, <laughs> every other sport, they literally could have noise, people yelling at them, calling them names, even sick stuff. Yeah. And they still perform. COVID! <laughs> right. Hey, man! Nin- answer! 19! <laughs> hut, hut! <laughs> Oh, it was right on my back. <laughs> no, right. but they, they do. They, they say sick. The, 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 they can be heckled. There's racial slurs, and right. you still have to focus. And for some reason, in tennis and in golf. You, you had that experience in college. Yeah, I had that experience. And for some reason, for some reason, when they start doing that, tennis players and golfers fall apart. Hey, man, get, make the adjustment. Everywhere you go, even if you sit in traffic, somebody's going to say something to you. Well, I can't drive now. Somebody, 
I can't fire somebody. How does that leave me? Somebody's going to get upset and and, then chew me and rip me out, rip me a new one. The problem with that is, and I agree. What? what? What's the problem? (laughs) I I agree with that. Why do you have to be quiet for these sports? And we're in a stadium where there were 75,000 people going nuts. And Matthew Stafford went over the top with no problem. Right. The problem with this is, is because it's already custom, it randomly turned on. This isn't like the general. Was rule. it random? I don't know. We're in the I don't know. Of conspiracies, Sean. We, we are. They're gonna steal this election, man. They're gonna steal it from Novak. Yeah, but but honestly, I don't know what happened because it wasn't like it was a situation where he could make an adjustment and continue to play. Right. That wasn't the situation. Right. What ended up happening was he had to then in turn refocus. They had to replay the point. Yeah, you have to. Replay the point, but you have to refocus. And what happened was Medvedev had a let on the the play before, Mm -hmm. and that let seems like he didn't know it was a let. So he had the option to go with another big serve for the first serve, but he came with a soft serve, which Novak could handle. Uh Then when it came back again, he went back to the big serve, and he won the point. And that just seemed to set Novak off. He breaks the, the, the smashing pumpkins on the racket and the whole song and dance. Stadium goes nuts for Novak, which leads me to the point of what I want to talk about. The, what we like to do on the Ozone, it's not talking about the after effects of the sport and the, the results and blah, 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 because everybody's doing that. Everybody talks about that. I want to talk about what this does deeper and what it's about in the societal sense. Because Novak was cheered when he broke his racket. They cheered for Novak on match point. It was triple match point, and the crowd wouldn't be quiet to let Medvedev focus. Quiet, please. They wouldn't. They just kept going. And eventually Medvedev double faulted like two or three times. like, whatever, man. <laughs> and then just beat him the next game, uh, two games after. What was interesting about that was, because he had such a big lead, what was interesting to me about that is Joker smiled, and he was having a good time despite getting destroyed at the end of the match. Joker also in the post-match was crying. And he was like, man, it was just a lot. It was just, you know, he, he spoke about the situation. Andy Roddick had posted something uh, during the tournament where he was watching the matches and he tweeted something out where he said, Joker takes your legs, then he takes your soul. And afterwards, you could see Novak was really like a uh, wave pushed back on that. He was like, oh, nah, nah, nah. I'm, I mean, I, I try to take your legs, but everyone has their own soul. <laughs> I'm not taking anyone's soul. We're all beautiful souls. He went real esoteric and uh-huh. with it. Novak Djokovic comes off like a pleaser. We met him. We hung out with him on the tour for a day, for a little bit, and he was great. He was a really nice guy. Really nice. Like, extraordinarily nice for the status of superstar that he is. Mm-hmm. Now, usually, because of Novak Djokovic's dominance against Nadal and Federer, People are rooting against him. How many times have we been at tournaments where the crowd is against Novak because he's beating Nadal or because he's beating Federer? He's always the guy that people are rooting against because he's so good. Yeah, but but even now- players on the tour root against him. I remember when Kirio said, "Oh, please, anybody but Djokovic. Don't well, what guys, whatever, whoever wins, just don't let Novak win. Can't stand that guy." But now the guys that you're talking about that he wa- that wasn't there. Is the difference because these are new jacks that are coming up. These new jacks are just proving my point. The changing of the guard. I don't believe that's a changing of the guard. I just think it's a new jack that's coming up, and they're they're not respecting them as if playing against really a legend. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that because this is the thing about Novak Djokovic is that at 34 he still, as far as tennis went when we were young, he was ancient. 34 was it was over at 34. 
But this new age, you, you know, you're pushing Father Time back. You're pushing him back. You're keeping him off of you. Novak is still better than everybody. Right. So it's not like. So that's what I'm saying. He might have had a one-off. And this might have just been a bad day. I think. I don't think it was a bad day. I think it was just an accumulation of that much tennis and that much pressure and that much on your legs in that short amount of time. Father Time has a bit to do with that on the recovery tip. Either way it goes, in my book, he's still the greatest tennis player of all time. And Danny Medvedev said the same afterwards. I just think it is super interesting that the crowd was finally with Novak because he was down, which is wild. It says so much about the psyche of the public. Well, he earned that. Yeah, because he beat up on the people that most people consider either Roger Federer or Nadal to be the greatest player of all time. And he beats up on them consistently. So it's wild. He went deep. Yeah. I just, it was something I've been thinking about a lot, how the crowd was with him. And, and there was a point when he was sitting down on a changeover at the very end of the match. Mm. And I wish I had the visual. You could see it. He was just sitting there and he was smiling. He was looking around at everybody and they were cheering for him and going Try Trying to take in the moment. Yeah, like, got wow. as far and in between. This is what it feels like when they root for you, huh? Right. It's crazy. Which shows his will because when the, everybody's rooting against you, a lot of times the most successful athletes depend on the crowd to give them that, that, extra, uh-huh, that, that pick me up. And it can go the other way. You mm-hmm. can be a Derek Jeter type and, mm-hmm. and have it, you know, have it go the other way. Either way, tremendous tournament. And on the WTA side, you had the introduction of two new superstars. I mean, absolute stupid. Layla Fernandez went out there and ran through Naomi Osaka and the rest of her side of the bracket like they were amateurs. I mean, she would. She actually was employing the Novak, and she was saying she lost that she the first wasn't step, a, you know, she, the first set, and then she would come back and dominate the next two. No, I was just saying that both of these youngsters felt as if they should be there. You know, it wasn't a thing where, where they, you know, were just glad glad to and, be there. And the Brit on the other side, Emma, did the same thing. Mm-hmm. She was she was ready. She was poised. She was a qualifier. She had to pay three rounds before she even got to the tournament to start. Right, which is wild. She I'm really on, happy for that. She had to be on the side court. Did. Small court <laughs> free. Small, right. <laughs> it's a free 99. You can play with anybody can come watch. <laughs> you can. You literally can. Yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know. I felt like it was such an interesting, it, it was such an interesting representation with what's going on in the world now. There's so much change in the world from what we knew before to this new kind of unknown you know, and, and, and sport, once again, is representative of that. And we saw that with the U.S. Open. I, thought, I just thought it was great to watch because you didn't know what was going to happen. No, you really it looked didn't. like Zverev had worked for Novak, to be honest. But he didn't. But he didn't. I mean, he, he just gave it to him at, in the Olympics. He, uh, you know, yeah. but that was a three set. Not yeah. five, nah, nah, nah. That was three set. That wasn't five set. Yeah. Really cool, though. That was, it, was, it was just, a, I'm really, I wish, I, I almost went. And then when the hurricane hit, I said, ah, stay home. But it seems like I should have went because it was popping. It went down. Yeah, it went down out there. I like the way they cleaned up the stadium after the flood. Like nothing happened. Right. It was beautiful, too. And now, let's, we can't, we'd be remiss to not talk about it with tennis, to talk about Naomi Osaka. Leila Fernandez, this new superstar, supernova, uh, beat her in three sets, I do believe. Might have beat her in straight sets, to be honest. And Naomi's continued mental struggles presented themselves and after the match i mean during the match she was banging her racket you know she was upset visibly after the match in the post game you know in the press conference she was crying said she's taking some time away from tennis she doesn't know if this is you know how long it's going to be but in all honesty in watching it i wouldn't be surprised if we never see naomi osaka on the tennis court ever again it's possible i mean she had a meltdown pretty much on the court and there no no one reprimanded her she got to go on with the, the tantrum pretty much for a, 
a long a, a long time in, as a far as tennis. You know what I'm saying? When she was I don't I don't know what you're when saying. she was banging a racket, knocking the ball up in the the stands and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, and usually they don't accept that kind of behavior. Well, usually you just get a warning. Same thing Novak just did. Novak got a warning, and then you you know, and then if it continues, then that's when they can take a point away, and then if that continues, then they they suspend you. Either way it goes, I mean, obviously she's the biggest star in women's tennis, and uh-huh. I'm sure the powers that be of the WTA couldn't be happier about what transpired at the U.S. Open for them uh-huh. to have two new superstars right? because of uh, Osaka's recent struggles. Now, the thing about it to me is, is that clearly she's having a, a mental problem. Right. I mean, this, she's not faking this. This, no. is, this is a real thing. It's such a delicate line because... Mental pressure is a part of being an athlete. Right. Mental pressure is a part of being an athlete if you play rec league on Sundays, now, let it, alone if you are a superstar athlete. Right. Now, do you think she was forced to play tennis some, you know, in some kind no. of capacity? Uh, you th- I don't, do I don't you get think that, that it's her because, first love? I think she loved tennis. I don't think she loves the business of tennis. Right. I think that if you just But they go her, hand in hand. Yeah, I think if you just meet her at the courts, she's going to bust you up. Yeah, she, and, and, and smoke. She'll give all the smoke. Uh-huh. But... I think that the process of her becoming her version of superstardom that happened was a skyrocket. Right. I mean, she was a she was a meteor. meteor. Just forget about. Uh-huh. It. And she beats her idol. They had that whole debacle at the U.S. Open, which seems like it set up this entire setup. She said that's when it started. Yeah, and the idea once again of the crowd booing her. Yes. She beat her idol. The crowd booed her, and she never seemed like she got over it. Then when she started to lose. Because she won back-to-back tournaments, and then when she started to lose, it became something that was seemed foreign, or there was a lot of pressure for her to perform. She didn't like the way that the 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 when the interviews were, and blah 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 blah. And they have no way of there's no rules to control them to make them do anything. When the Forbes article comes out that you were the highest paid athlete in the world right. that year. What are you going to do? You're going to find her? You're going to find her $100,000? means nothing. Find her. She's, what does she care? And now, you know, you she's saw fine her proof. out at the Met Gala right. last that's, night. That's what I was thinking. She's at the Met Gala, and that's where you're going to get criticized maybe more than any place. More so than but when see, you're on the court. Is, now, what's the difference? Why, but this is, that's the thing. It's, 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 this is the issue with mental health. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's all over the place. And it depends on what your strengths and weaknesses are and your triggers okay. are. Uh-huh. It seems as though, you know, whether it's the, uh, her, her advertising and so on and so forth, that doesn't seem to bother. It seems like it's about actual on-court tennis The press, The press and, and everybody and pressing press, her. Yes. And because, you notice, even last year at the U.S. Open, she actually did the thing. I do believe she won last year's U.S. Open, and she won it wearing Black Lives Matters masks. Right. She wore the Breonna Taylor mask. She, she wore sure she wore an Amanda Arbery mask. Uh-huh. She wore she wore a, you know I think a Say Her Name mask. Like she brought she wore the George Floyd mask. Right. She brought awareness. She was doing the work as right. far as a cultural leader. Uh huh. And I don't you know I I just pray for her for the best, but it's a tough situation. You can see that you know. I wonder what kind of, you know, what it, has she been diagnosed with anything besides just saying she has a mental illness? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And it's her, you know, that's her private option. Right. But I, I wish her the best. But honest to God, I wouldn't be surprised if we never see her on the tennis court again. She, that would be she has enough money. She uh-huh. has. She she's, doesn't seem like she's interested in the fame, which well, she has. It's not going to do her anything. fame isn't going to go anywhere anyways. Right. But if it's not going to do anything for it, there's no need for her to play, especially if your heart's not in it. If it's going to bring you down. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. And it, it's at the point where since the French Open, clearly it's been bringing her down. Right. 
You know, she's gonna have to find a new passion. That's it. You because know? eventually, just like how it is with anything, you have the hurt people, hurt people situation. Right. So it's a tough, tough spot. But tennis is looking up. That was that was a really reinvigorating kind of tournament. I was happy about that. But what was not reinvigorating, what was heartbreaking, was what happened this past weekend in boxing. Man, oh man, oh man! What happened? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Well, you must have been living under a rock. And do you smell the rock is cooking, brother? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's it, cooking it, sweet dill. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evander Holyfield filled in. Did, did, for was that really a fill in? He filled in for Oscar De La Hoya, which after watching Victor uh, Belfort fight. Actually, it could have been a good fight against Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya would have beat him up because he's Oscar De La Hoya. But it would have been a it would have been a better fight because you can see Belfort went out there to fight. That was not exhibition style. Right. That was he went out there to you know. Well, and I think that the difference was when he fought against Evander Holyfield and he stepped in there with him. He just imposed his will as the younger man. So he's just saying that I'm going to push. There was pressure. Yeah, I'm going to push him and put pressure on him because he's old. We have we have a special guest who wants to speak about that as well. But let's talk about what happened in that fight before there. I don't buy any of these fights. I most certainly wasn't going to buy the fight when they announced that Donald Trump was involved at all. Right. But Tito Ortiz got knocked out. <laughs> I'm stone cold. I mean, we can give him the stone cold commercial. He's still Listen here, this is stone cold. <laughs> and Tito Ortiz <laughs> is over here asleep. Then <laughs> and I mean what we're going to tap into with our special guest is to speak about the senior citizen boxing circuit with the celebrity boxing. Everybody thought it was cute. I never thought it was cute. I never thought it was a good no. idea. Never thought it was. And let's see what we have to say with our special guest, Tony Jeffries. How are you, man? Boys, I'm great. And it's great to see you. And it's great to be back on the show. You look yeah, good. Again, you look great, man. Yeah, man. You look tan. Oh. What are you doing out there? I found a place with great lighting. To make <laughs> so, yeah, can you? <laughs> it's working out. Now, now, Tony, we want to jump right into it because I love what you've, what you've been putting up mm-hmm. on your social media handles because it echoes exactly how we feel. We went down uh, to Hollywood, Florida uh, a while back, a couple of years ago, just before COVID, and sat for the afternoon with Riddick Bowe and Evander Holyfield. We had a great conversation with the two of them. Um, but it was very clear that they had been through wars and their bodies and their minds were in, in situations where the damage was clear to a certain degree, right? To then see Evander step in against uh, Belfort in this, as a, especially to stand in for Oscar De La Hoya, who, by the way, did look good in his training. And Oscar being under 50, I, I, felt, I actually didn't feel bad about Oscar fighting. But that's neither here nor there for this part right now. What we saw when Evander Holyfield jumped in the ring was the equivalent of elder abuse. This was like, this was so terrible. And I wanted you to get on visually and say what you said about him being as old as your pops. Yeah, he is. He's older than me, dad. And, you know, for him to fight is, is, is terrible. For him to come in at short notice is even fight, worse. I mean, it's even worse. You know, and we've seen in the, the training videos before that. He looked terrible. Terrible. And just from the training videos there, he shouldn't have been allowed to fight. But not, not only that, is like he got sanctioned to have a, this professional contest. 
what sort of medicals to do? Because all you've got to do, and I love Evander Holyfield. Love, Evander. love, yes. love. We're, we're right yes. there with you. Love, one of the greatest guys, one of the greatest right. to ever lace up the gloves, ever. I agree. All you've got to do is have a two-minute conversation with him, and Thank you. you'll know Thank he you. should not be fighting. Exactly. Be fighting. exactly. So uh, let me tell you this. When I moved to America in 2011, I joined a training camp with Tommy Brooks. Tommy Brooks was the same trainer as Evander Holyfield. Okay. I was in camps with Evander, like side by side. There's footage of me training with him on, on YouTube. I know where I you're going two, with this. Two eight-week two eight-week training camps, total of sixteen weeks, where we were talking like this. We were side by side. We were training on the heavy bags and the ring shadow boxing together. We went for meals with my wife and other friends. I got pretty close to him. Then I flew to England. I fought, and uh, he fought in America. Then about six months later. I was doing some work for the BBC for the London 2012 Olympics six months later. And then when I got down to do the interview, it was, oh, Evander Holyfield's joining. Went, oh, nice. I've not seen Evander for a few for, for, for a while. And he come down and went, hey, Evander, how's it going? He went, hey, nice to meet you. I went, uh, it's, he, he, it's, he, it's me, present, it's, it's Tony. He, he, did, he did the same thing. He did the same thing to wow. Terry. I, we, That's why I said I know where you're going. Uh, because this was in less than a week. We sat there and had a long, extensive conversation. Hours. We sat down Hours. there in the gym. I mean, yeah. We saw him the following week, and he did not even recognize my face, my name, or anything. And it's just wow. cra- crazy to see them take him and put him in a ring with a young man and just let, it, let them have at it. You know? Right. I don't understand the sanction of bodies or anything like that. What do you have to go through to actually pass pass the test to be able to get into the ring. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. What have they went through? I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure, again, with no disrespect, it's hard to talk like this without trying to disrespect the band. Uh, yeah, right, 100%. Like, yeah. but, but I'm not. Like, uh, surely he'd never pa- he wouldn't have passed the brain scan. If, if, if he's passed the brain scan to do this fight, brain scans are a waste of time. Yeah, I, they really are. Yes. Right? And now, with, with brain injuries, it can take up to 10 years for the effects of being punched in the brain for that to kick in. So, you know, he's just been hit as a 58-year-old man in the head and he, and he, he said he didn't get hurt. He, did, he got hurt. You know, them effects is going to take even longer. It's just, it's just basically, it's really bad for the sport of boxing. And, and then what's, what's worse beyond that is then he's talking about how he wants a rematch so he can really show Belfort what time it is. Yeah, I know, I know. And But, okay, this is where I'm going with this. Oh, hold on. Let me throw this out to you because I want you to expound. I want to get your take on this. I think we talked about it when you were with us last. All of this is that we're seeing. The reason these guys are in the ring, the reason that Tito Ortiz is still in the ring, I get the feeling Anderson Silva just actually likes to fight, and right. he actually looks good, and he looks spry. He right. didn't yeah. take punishment like these other guys, you know. But the reason that these guys are doing this is for the guacamole. They need the money. Yes. And the problem is, unlike every other international sport, there is no union for combat sports. So you have guys who make this money, big money. I mean, Vander Holyfield has made hundreds of millions of dollars over the years fighting. But just like we're saying, he's continually gotten punched in his head. He wasn't a financier off the he top. He wasn't funny. He's an athlete off the top. That's not yeah. usually getting hit in his head, and now you're telling him to manage hundreds of millions of dollars. It's not possible. While, while I'm sure somebody was stealing some of it. Right. And, yeah. and then now you find yourself in the spot. 
I, I can't. It, now, maybe I'm wrong, but I know that I saw that show with Evander Holyfield and, and Alex Rodriguez where Alex Rodriguez is telling him how to get his finances together, whatever that is, yada, 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 yada. What's so tough about combat sports when your money gets funny and your change gets strange Very. is that you have no means of making money again after that. In, there's no residuals. You don't get residuals for no. every time that we pull up the fight on it's your team. It's not an intellectual property. It's thing not an IP. Yeah. You don't, you, don't, you don't get to go back and fight again, which is now what they're doing. Right. So that somebody's going to pay you $10 million again. So you get that chunk of money again to reestablish yourself. And there's no pension. So it's not like you can have a, you have a, a cushion to lay on. How do, what, do you think, what, what do you think about the situation, Tony? Yeah, it's it's so it's so bad, and as well, like you think, and like you mentioned, you're getting all this money, but as well, you're getting punched in the head. So, I'm I had 106 fights in my career, and I understand that I've got doma from having these fights. Right. Well, the damage is obviously done something in my brain. So, I mean, I'm I'm good at managing money, and I'm a, I'm a good businessman, but most of these fighters are, are not. So, you're getting this money, you're uneducated on what to do with it, but as well, you're getting, let's say the word doma. I don't like that word, but we, but we are. And and now what? And you know now he's had that fight and he's going to be worse off than he was. And I was telling my friend, I know, I, I don't know, but I really think that he's going to wake up the next day and it's going to take him a couple of minutes to realize, like, oh, last night I had a fight. Oh, and this happened. Right. He, he's that. His brain's not wired, and he's just going with the flow. I think anyone who's made money from this, other than his opponent, should be ashamed of themselves. The people right. who sanctioned it, the promoters, the he's he's, he's I agree. Training, I don't know who they are. Who's his training team? Who's his who's his boxing trainer? Who's right. Who, who told him what that it's okay to go do this? And I'm going to tell you something else. I don't know if anybody made money out of it except for Donald Trump because they had to pay for the Staples Center, and the Staples Center then in turn the, the California State Boxing Commission Athletic Commission wouldn't sanction the right. fight. Right. So then that's money that's gone. You have Oscar De La Hoya, who I think you could argue is a much bigger draw than either Belfort or Evander Holyfield, right? especially in Los Angeles. That's De La Hoya in Los Angeles. Like, you almost have to be here or from here to understand the magnitude of what of having anybody that's got their statue out in front of the Staples Center can sell tickets. I can tell you that much. Um, so then on top of that, you had nothing but empty seats at the actual event from what I understand. I didn't yeah. pay to watch it. No, uh, I watched the, the the eighty seconds on YouTube afterwards. Right. I don't know how much longer Triller goes with this. And then they just announced they finally announced the Tiafimo Lopez Cambosis fight is going to happen. Right, it's going to happen on a Monday. Wow, I, what, I, huh? I don't know where they get the mo- I don't know where they get the money from. And I, I, mean, I don't know if you never watched the fight. I, I did watch the fight, and I watched the interview after where. Another thing, the production of, of Twitter is, is terrible. Uh, Brutal. After, after, the, after the fight, uh, there was a guy in the ring and it got announced that they brought a guy from Triller over who was like, yeah, we want to give Jake Paul 50, uh, 25 million to fight Belford. And Belford was there. And then some other drunker guy got the mic and went, we give him 30 million. We give him 30 million to fight. So now they're, they're trying to get Jake Paul to fight Belford. Uh, and I think what's happened is because Jake Paul's left, Triller's not getting the numbers. That of course! Right. He was their cash and cow. And that's why Showtime jumped in on it. And that's also why Showtime then in turn 
uh, made sure that he got the the the, the victory against right. Tyron Woodley on the cards, so that they could protect their their this cash cow for however long yeah. this experiment is gonna last. Um, but yeah, I don't but, think but, they, I don't think Triller has a draw at this point like that. But no. it damages boxing overall because it's making a, a farce. It's making it a joke. You know, boxing is trying to make it into a joke. Not, not even trying. It's there. Yeah, because if you're talking about matching up Jake Paul with with anybody with me, you know what I'm saying? They're bringing him in just to come on, Jake. We got him. I, I was just agreeing. I was just playing. It's don't worry. <laughs> I was mean if he came in to get Omar because I <laughs> he is a heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just it's just not right because it, it takes what these guys, how these guys train, how serious all of you guys are about the sport of boxing and makes it into a joke because he's been fighting um, old, old guys, basketball players, but he's never really fought a boxer. Who will make him pay? Yes. Yeah. So with this, I'm, I don't mind Jake Paul coming in and fighting. Me neither. Huh? Me neither, by the way. I didn't want to put that yeah. out there. Anybody yeah, that's willing to step in the ring, that's on them. I'm just looking for fair fights. Yeah, anyway. but they're acting like this is an actual professional. I, I understand. But, but, but him, for someone to fight Tyrone Woodley, I know he's older now, 39 or whatever he is, on his third professional boxing fight, that's some going. Now, let me tell you who I fought on my third professional boxing fight. I fought a guy from Germany who had 16 fights and won three. I was Olympic bronze medalist. Now had 16 fights and won three. I punched him in the arm and he fell over. <laughs> that felt terribly <laughs> hurt. <laughs> and, and now Jake Paul's fighting Tyrone Woodley. Tony, Tony, you're buying into smoke and mirrors. We got to disagree on this. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I think we got static on our connection. Tony, Tony, we can't hear you. Because what you're, you're, you're buying into the, the... I don't mind Jake, Jake Paul fighting either. But... The only thing that I'm ever looking for is equality. Yes. Tyrone Woodley fights as a welterweight, bro. Jake Paul's and walking around at one, fighter, and right? he's MMA. He's not a boxer. And he's walking around at 185. So let's not act like But this is the it, problem. Let's not act like he's fighting Tony Bellew or like he's fighting somebody that actually is his weight class that is a boxer. Let's let's just keep, you know, this is this is part of the 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 smoke and mirrors that the industry is putting out. But Tyrone Woodley would have stopped the guy I fought, and I was like heavyweight. So, and if you if you just look at all professional boxers, right? Look at all the professional boxers. Look at their first ten fights. Look at their records. The fought, the fought journeyman. You know. Yeah. Right. Stand, yeah. Right. Right. And and the only difference is if with with Jake Paul's career right now, if you want to call it a career, which I'm sure you boys don't want to call it. A career. No, no, no. It's a career. It's a career. It's, a career. it's a, he's doing it. The only difference is. He's televised in front of millions of people, and he's getting he's getting, he's getting big money. Dollars, yeah, right. Which uh, which I, I'm, I'm all for because he's getting eyes. He's bringing eyes to the sport. I own a gym in Los Angeles now, a boxing gym, and I've never had as many people, new people, come to a gym and mention, "Oh, I've been inspired by the YouTuber boxing by Jake Paul." By yep, Paul. yep. People's coming, so it's doing good for boxing. It but really see, is. But see. Now, this is where I disagree because you can't have this a la carte because this, then you get the then you get the Holyfields in there and all That's the older it, guys. It's all you know, connected. And, and it's all connected. It's not that I can just separate this and just say, okay, we're going to let Jake Paul do his thing and have an exhibition fight. and then But they, oh, let, let's throw the real deal in there or, you know, Tito Ortiz or whatever. Let's watch all these old guys get beat up. These are equivalent to bump fights that they used to have on YouTube all the time. No, I, I get it. But the, the, the thing is with the Holyfields and that's like, 
Jake's healthy. Tyrone's healthy. The fit. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. We're not. I think both of you guys are are bringing some valid points. The only thing that you're doing, Tony, is that you're you're making an exception based on the fact of selecting the good of the argument. Right. And there is some good of the argument because there there are people that are inspired and will be more fit and more healthy and so on and so forth. My thing, as far as it the, the effect on the sport is, and this is a free market that we're talking about, so nobody's stopping anybody else from doing this, you know? The issue is, is that for the casual fan, and this is the problem I have with your stance that you're taking, it's being promoted like it's a fair fight. Right. And it is not because any boxer that fights any MMA guy is always in a boxing match at the advantage. I don't care what you try to say. What Tony got to go. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I love it. <laughs> if, if we've got in a boxer, I'm going to use me as an example, an Olympic medalist, European champion, fighting a guy from Germany who is absolutely garbage. But as well, my promoter's telling people this guy's said that he's going to beat Tony it's selling it's the same thing but it's on a uh, my fight was on TV it was on, on a low level this guy never stood a chance and I had 10 pro fights these guys never stood a chance with me but we had to sell it as if they did and it happens in boxing all the time, all I, the time. it happens in uh, boxing on the prize level yes but, but not whether, level. whether or not you feel as though it, that guy didn't have a chance. That guy did have a puncher's chance because that guy, whether he was a club fighter, whether he got paid to take a dive, or even if he was a, just a bum, he had that chance. And I'm not saying that Tyron Woodley didn't either. What I'm saying is whoever, well, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the German cat is that you beat up was actually in your weight class. The German cat that you beat up. The thing is, the, the not... He's in my weight class because he's because he's overweight. No, no, no. I understand. Yes. I understand. So we're talking about the the welterweight fighting a heavyweight, and then we're talking about an MMA an MMA fighter fighting a boxer in a what boxing was, what format. Was, what was the weight difference between Woodley and, and Jake Paul? I wouldn't know because I don't buy those. I don't. I, don't, I think it was like thirty or forty pounds or something. But I know that the last time that Tyron Woodley fought, fought he fought at one forty seven in MMA. And now, 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 now let me. Uh, I want to ask you another question. Now, do you think that everybody thinks that this is more tragic because we're watching one of our legends and heroes get beat up, or is it because of him just being an old guy getting beat up? Hmm. I think it's because. I mean, everyone. Well, just about all our boxing fans love Evander Holyfield. Yeah. So it makes it harder that we've all got this emotional connection. Yeah. One way yeah. Or the other, yeah. Uh, compared to just an old guy getting beat up. But as well, if it was just an old guy getting beat up, it would be. And that's what he looked like. He looked like just an old guy getting and beat that's up. That's exactly what he looked like. Yes. And that that's was exactly the problem. what he looked like. You know, that was the problem. And I, I think, though, if you want to take a positive spin on it, I don't think this will ever be allowed to happen again. I, I think Hopefully that not. this is where things went bad. I think this is where the celebrity boxing yeah. and the so on and so forth. I think, but but I have no doubt that I think Triller's too deep, you know, in to pull out now. I, I think that they're going to have to continue forward with this approach. I, and and, and they've lost. They've, this is their model. They've lost Mike Tyson because Mike said he didn't get paid. Mike oh, wow. Mike looked like he could actually. Mix it up. It, Mike, you weren't ever concerned with Mike's health, and that's against another all-time great with, with Roy Jones. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
neither of them were you really concerned with, man, this is my, you know, somebody might. And it was an exhibition. And it was an exhibition. Mike wasn't trying to knock him out. If uh, Roy wasn't trying to knock him out. I think part of what hurt everybody's feelings with this is that Belfort went in there, gotten heads. He went in there to punish Evander Holyfield. Yeah, and he did, yeah. and he did, and he and he achieved his goal. And I think that's part of what. And his motivation was to fight Jake Paul. Exactly. Yeah, to get the twenty-five million or whatever. Wherever is. they're going to get that from. And this is all the capitalism at its finest because that's we're, it. We all and it's worst. We're we're watching. It's the car accident. You know, you're sitting in traffic now. You're if you're in traffic or whatnot, and you see the accident. You, how many people are going to actually pull over to help the person instead of just sitting there and gawking? You know, most of the time, everybody just wants to see it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Traffic stops because I want to see. Oh, who who got hurt? And, and as if, hey man, I just seen somebody in the freeway. I exactly. think they got killed. Right. Instead you know, of actually getting out and, and and being the difference, you know what I'm saying? And right. there's a yeah. bloodlust in society at large right now. This is the problem that I have because you have real fights, if you will, every single weekend. Right. There's guys who've dedicated their lives to the sport every weekend. Well, we want to see the horse evenly and matched up, but as a society. We would rather see the smoke and mirrors yes. for whatever reason. I personally think this is a flaw in society and there's this no bloodlust that we're looking at, the violence and the, the, the anxiety in society and the whole thing with, with COVID uh, having everybody locked in. I think, it's, there's a, I, think, I think that all of that plays into it. But yeah, well, it comes, it comes down to you can have the most talented fighter in the world, like Rigondo. You know Rigondo? Yeah, yeah, yeah Rigondo. Yeah. Unbelievable fighter. He cannot sell tickets. He cannot promote a fight. Right. So no one will really watch him unless you're a really boxing purist. Yeah. But then you've got someone which I agree with, like about the, the quality of, of a opposition for like someone like Jake Paul who can sell tickets. People. He's a showman. He's, he understands um, spectacle. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, boxing is a sport, but it's also entertainment. Yes. Uh, you sound like this is, this is what our last yeah. host said. This yeah. is what our last guest said as well. And one thing that's interesting about that to me, I would like to get your take on. So Oscar D- uh, Valdez popped dirty with this Fenter meme and then ended up getting no consequence. He got a warning. The fight went forward. A lot of people in the boxing world, including myself, felt like the fight should not have gone forward and there should have been some sort of a consequence. It erupted into a whole thing. Devin Haney called all of Austria, uh, uh, all of uh, Eddie Reynoso's fighters in his camp all dirty. And a lot of them have tested dirty, so it's not, he's not really making that right. drastic of a statement. It's just he's saying it out loud. Um, so the fight takes place. Conciao actually gave Valdez... Way more than anybody thought he would. I don't know if you saw that fight this weekend. I didn't. Conciao uh, found him early a lot. Like, he comfortably won the first half of the fight. And then he got caught a couple times, and he, he, got, off, he got off course. It wasn't a robbery. I could have seen a draw. I could have maybe seen it go Conciao's way. I could have seen it go Oscar Valdez's way. But, of course, the cards were over the top for, for, for Valdez, Valdez because he was fighting at home. Classic boxing, and this is where boxing cannibalizes itself. But point being, I wanted to get your take. What is your take on the PEDs? Because that's what we were talking about with our, our guest last week, and he felt like it's all entertainment. Let them all juice. Let them all do it. No, it needs to be fair. Yes. If you get caught with PEDs, you should be done for life. I, I really believe that. And it's not like football or, or, well, I guess football's a rough sport as well, but not like tennis or, or yeah, like baseball or something, Physical, cycling. Yeah. Where, where, you're gonna, where you have the chance to kill someone else. Yes. Kill someone. Actually kill someone in the ring. And then 
so what my, my thing is, so you get tested for, for steroids, which is illegal. You get in the ring and you fight someone and you kill someone. Is that manslaughter? Or is it like what is is that murder? Because you've cheated. You've 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 armed yourself with with a, a tool, a, a weapon. Yeah, you damage someone. So it should it should be an instant ban. You know, and I know Canelo, for me, one of the greatest of all time. I think it's unbelievable. He tested for steroids as well, but he said it was that meat. So it's I guess it's a tricky one as well for the people who were testing for the drug committee, like. To me, it's not tricky. No, if not for the tester. If you test positive, it, you, you're, you're, you're making an exception because you love Canelo. And this is the, this is the exactly. issue about fandom and a la carte. No, no. And also... I, I'm not. I, I'm saying, I, I don't know what the investigation's like. I don't know, like, it wasn't legit. Because, I mean, some, like, nasal sprays, for example, I think Billy Joe Saunders had a nasal spray, and that had something inside that what got him banned. And you know what happened, though? After the investigation, they said, oh, it was a nasal spray. Right. Right, right, yeah. So they cleared that up, just like how they did. I think it was Delian White that, uh-huh. that ended up with the same kind of thing. Uh-huh. They did an investigation, and afterwards, they cleared it up, and they cleared his name. Now, obviously, if you didn't follow it, you wouldn't know. Right. You know what I mean? But and the I think samples that they like, have for these guys that we're speaking these of. These samples that we have for these guys that we're speaking of are dirty A samples, dirty B samples, and... Yeah. And especially at the elite level, uh-huh, at the elite level, you have to know what's going on in your body when somebody's paying yes. that much money. Which is a trip because when we talked to Evander Holyfield and Riddick Bowe a couple of years ago, that's what both of them talked about. Both of them were like, I'm somebody who knew exactly what was going into my body at all times yeah. when I was fighting at the highest level. When I was fighting, I knew every single thing and I checked every single thing that went into my mouth. You know, every, everything. And that's what the fighters should do if you're taking a medication. The first thing you think of has this got something in that I shouldn't be having, even if it's a headache pill. Yeah. You know? And they have a list and you have a rep you can call. Well, and what I really like yeah. that people don't call out enough was what Tyson Fury did and it's at his presser after he fought um Oh yeah, I agree. After he fought Wilder, after he yeah. knocked Wilder out. Somebody just fight. randomly handed him a bottle of water. He said, no. Nope. He said, nope. he said, no, not from yeah. you. Said, Where did it come from? No. He said, no, nope. not, not you. Not from you. Uh-uh. And he just continued his, his press conference. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and, and, and that's what all fighters should be thinking of. Right. So, there, the so then there no could be no excuse. There's really no excuse. There, there really is no excuse. I mean, if Canelo was sitting at fucking street meat or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, you, come on, man. What, what, come on, man. You're, you're a multi gazillionaire. Why are you buying <laughs> 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 off the corner? Right. <laughs> and then said, I don't know what I was eating. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. And you look, and 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 you're the you're the only person that's ever looked better versus Gennady Golovkin after fighting Gennady Golovkin, right? <laughs> the only yeah. person. Let me ask you this: Crawford and um, Porter, Porter just got announced. Who do you have? You know, I, I think I think that's a great. Fight. I think it's a great fight too. I do too. I think Crawford's going to be under more pressure than he's ever been under at forty-seven. I got Porter. Yeah, you are. Uh huh. Crawford, like he. I, it's so hard to beat uh, Crawford, but it's, again, it's a it's a fifty fifty fight, and these are the sort of fights that's good for boxing. And these are the fights very that are good for boxing, very much because you know boxing. both guys are coming to play. Now, let me ask yeah. you this: Why do you think it's fifty fifty? Because Crawford really hasn't fought anybody at that level of uh, at forty seven. Uh huh. Forty seven. It's just his, his talent and his ability, but yeah, I know it's it's going to be a, a a hard hard one for him. But you know, he's just demolished everyone he's fought at his at his weight category, so. It, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be very interesting. 
it's gonna be it is gonna be interesting because honestly, Crawford likes to start slow. You can't start yeah. slow against uh, Sean Porter. He's pressure from the word go. Yes. And my only issue is Sean has been doing a lot of commentating, and Sean seems like he's moving towards getting out of boxing. Right. And right. as long as see where his heart is, I have to see if his heart is still showing up as Sean Porter, the savage. But I don't think his father would let him go out there. I don't think so either. I think if it doesn't look right, his father won't let him go out he there. Put a plug on it. As his trainer. Yeah. The sure, like with with him now, with him being more in the public eye, doing the commentary. There's so many distractions, and what you said is like, right. is he getting pulled away? Like, you know, when you're in a training camp and someone says, oh, I'm going to give you five, ten grand to come and open up my new shop, my right. new store, you know, is he going to, oh, yeah, it's only a couple of hours, but that couple of hours, you should be resting, and it makes the difference. You know, it so makes a difference. Man, it makes a difference. And, and, and take, so, yeah, I mean, w- w- with this fight, if there's a fight that can get him up for it, it's got to be this fight, right? I, I, I agree. Right. I agree. Right. Now, same yeah. question. Fury Usyk coming up very quickly. No. AJ, AJ, no. AJ, AJ Usyk. AJ Usyk, sorry. AJ, AJ Usyk. Yeah. No, that's sorry, a so Fury. really, really good fight. I know Usyk's moving up, uh, moved up, moved up a weight, and he's really smart for the weight, but his skill level is out of this world. His yeah. skill level's yeah. out of this world. Low-key, he was, should have been pound for pound for a long time. He was the only unanimous... Yeah, he was the only uh, the undisputed champion in any weight class for a good probably like two or three years. And he's another guy who doesn't sell tickets, so people don't really know about right. him. Right. Problem right. I got with him is when he did move up, he fought a journeyman. I didn't like how he wore he the big man. Yeah, and, and I didn't like how he wore the big fellow's punishment. Yeah. Uh, uh, punches. Uh, yeah. I think it was was it Chisora that he fought? I don't think it was was it Chisora? Yeah, he fought he fought Chisora that yeah, just most Chisora, recently yeah, and he beat him up. Yeah. But, but Chisora gave him yeah. smoke early. And and then but but it, the journeyman journeyman, the guy shaped yes. like me, <laughs> hit him hard. And like in, And it looked like he was devastated. And he and he that was his first fight, that that thing out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. No, he is a very talented fighter. I don't know if you know and but AJ he, looks he, lean. He does. He beat John Joe Joyce in the amateurs. Yes. Joyce and Joyce uh-huh. is like a Big, big guy. Yes, super, talented, super strong guy. But he's not at the level of AJ. You've you've really got to pick AJ for this fight. You have to pick AJ yeah, for yeah. the fight. You've got it would be an upset talent. if AJ loses. Yeah. I would say that. I think AJ's going to yeah. stop him. I agree. You think he's going to stop him? Uh huh. Usyk has another. He's another guy who likes to get started slow. Yeah, and he likes to, and he gets hit too much by the big guys. By the he the could do that at the at the at cruiser. Yeah. And I don't think that he'll be able to take that big hit from AJ. Right, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if he's going to get stopped because he's he does get hit, but he's hard to get hit clean. He's always moving when the punches are landing, which makes it harder to mm-hmm. uh, to sit down on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's, it is a really good fight. And I think other than Fury and Wilder, it's the best fight for AJ in that division right now. Right, I agree. But, yeah, I think I think it is. And then we've got Fury and Wilder coming up. I'd like to know who he's got for that. I got Fury. I got Fury. I yeah. I mean yeah. It's, it's hard to bet against him, but the other thing the other thing is is like what we just mentioned there about the discipline. Is he as disciplined this, this time? Is the, is this is this is the question. Right. And this we don't we question. don't know what's going we on. We don't know what's curtain. going on. But yeah. if he if yeah. he's disciplined, if he's been living a disciplined life, his skill set would out you know, he would he would beat Wilder because Wilder yeah. is a puncher and he's a boxer. And it's very, very hard for a puncher just to go in there and he took his he took his right away and he sort of took his heart away when he took his right away. He sure did. And in yeah. and in twenty and in what they fight nineteen rounds they they, they fought like twelve rounds the first one and seven it went seven the second one in nineteen rounds I've seen Deontay win two rounds 
and maybe even right. one. Because when he knocked him down in the 12th round of the first fight, Fury got up and busted his ass. It might have even evened up the, the round. Right. I mean, he beat him up bad after he got knocked down. Yeah. I've seen footage of Wilder, and he looks the best I've ever seen him. He looks all, better. On the mitts and on the bags, it's obviously different to in the ring. Right. But I've seen, I've actually done a session, I've held the mitts for Wilder before, and I've, I've trained him before, but I've seen footage of him hitting the mitts before, and from then to now, he looks like a different fighter. Wilder came on the pod, he came on the Ozone, and he told us that he fights up and down to his opponents. He's very clear right. about that. Now, one thing that I that I will, a guy with that kind of pop always has a chance to yes. win. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But he's going to, the best thing that happened for him is this COVID delay. Right. Because he was talking about jumping right back in six in months, six months. <laughs> after, after that last fight. And there is, I would have given him a 1% chance of winning that fight. Right. Because... Right. Every excuse in the book. The, my legs were gone. The, 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 the suit was, was too heavy. Somebody I, put something in my water. Fury's yeah. glove wasn't on. I, Breedling did this to me. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, man, who else? It was the I second <laughs> gunman on the gassy knoll. There was always something. And that kind of stuff doesn't look good. That's no. not a good look to say what your mind is about it. I'm very yeah. interested to see what happens this go around. I'm still interested in the fight. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was more domination from Fury. But a guy, like, yeah. But a guy like Wilder, you get that whopper, man. It, he can get you out of there at any point. I think his yeah. his career is finished if he doesn't beat him this time. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to have the big fights anymore, but he's still going to be a draw because because he, he knocks people out, get knocked out. Yes, knocks right. Out. Yep. So it, it depends if he really wants if he wants to continue and not be at the top. You know, there's, there's definitely fight big fights from there, and the yeah. heavyweights get paid so much as well. So he could he could just ride off into the sunset. Yeah. All, all of these guys are having the kind of money now where one fight puts you in a position where you can ride off into the sun. Right. Yeah. Tony Jeffries, we yeah. see you sweating in the car. Your tan is beautiful. <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> that's some good glands. You got that. You got that good. That's a sign of your fitness. Tell Tell the people, man. Where can the people find you? You have your gym, box and burn in the house. Correct. Yeah. Man, I'm my blew up on YouTube. Um, my my YouTube channel's blew up. Giving boxing education now. So you can find me on YouTube. If anyone wants to learn how to punch hard or fast, you can find me on YouTube. <laughs> All right. There it is. Man, thank you so much for coming back on. And whenever you Good want stadium, to, man. come down to the stadium. Yeah, I'll come down next time. And when after one of these big fights, we'll, we'll get, get in. We'll it. break it down. Yeah, we'll break there it down. Is. Yeah, I think, I think one of the, the next biggest fight in boxing is going to be the next year car fight. So we'll come off that. <laughs> I hear he got his eyes on some guy named Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clark, boys. All right, Tony. Later. <laughs> Late. Ah, that's great. All right. So moving on. It's getting hot in Major League Baseball. Last night, the Giants punched their ticket. They're the first ones in. Hot stove. It is the hot stove. The thing about it is that everybody keeps thinking that the Giants are going to fade. This is almost 160-something games into yeah, 140 it. 140 games in. <laughs> they're not fading. They're not fading. But they're also – and they reloaded. I mean, getting Chris Bryant was a fantastic right. pickup. I mean, and the pitching just won't stop. I think that the Dodgers are going to beat the Giants. I don't think anybody. I actually think the Giants would rather would do would fare better in a wild card one game than the Dodgers would. I, it kind of that that one game wild card would happen at Dodger Stadium, right? So the Dodgers are tough, tough, tough at home. 
but you, nobody really wants to get in that position. Right. Even though you can get in that position. You can get in that position. And get hot. Yeah, right. And you win that game, and you roll right into more games. But last night, the greatest pitcher of the generation came back, and he looked great. The Diamondbacks are not a great team, but still, Clayton Kershaw looked great. He's a giant killer, too. He is a giant killer. He's yeah. going to build up his arm strength. And he's going to be ready for the playoff run. Now, I want to know. And the, and the Dodgers I, I'm are really, swinging it. Yeah, but I want to know if they would go with him to start it off, Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer. I think they're going to. In gonna, a series against the Giants. I think it's going to depend just on how the thing shakes out. And in real life, you got four guys, all four, that need the baseball. I would imagine Kirsch is actually at the backside of that because of an arm strength situation. But, but Urias might be better than all of them. Yeah, but about the time that they get to the playoffs. And if they have to go head-to-head with the Giants, Kershaw, Kershaw will be fine. Because that'll be, be deep fine. in the – that'll be like and mid-October. For me, I know that he's the older, you know, the senior citizen of the of – the, Yeah, the team, the veteran uh-huh. of the, the but staff. I would go with him because he actually has their number. He has always had their number. Yes. Um, and that doesn't matter whether they're playing up there in San Francisco or they play at Dodger Stadium. Right. Now, and he gets knocks. Yes. And now Bueller got gutted last time against no. him. Well, he got good against the Giants. Yes. But he, I thought you meant against his last outing. Yeah, he no, got no, against it's the, the only time he's gotten gutted all season. That's, <laughs> you know, this no, is not the right time to get gutted. The guy is, might be the Cy Young. You got to throw him. But yeah. either way it goes, nobody's throwing better than Max Scherzer right now. Right. Max Scherzer went out there and almost threw a perfect game yes. against the Padres. Sounds and he has right. been lights out since he got to the Dodgers. I want to see how and the – Mookie jo- Betts is back. And Mookie yes. Betts looks like Mookie Betts. But what about Cody Bellinger? Well, who cares? Wow, you don't even care? Cody Bellinger's giving you great defense in center field, I have to say now. He's really worked on his game. He's Uh giving you great defense in center field. You need to get something out of him offensively. They moved him to the bottom of the lineup, though. Which is a smart move. Because with Mookie back and with Trey Turner there now, Uh Max Muncy's consistent, uh, Justin Turner's consistent, Uh and Corey Seager is still low-key, one of the most clutch players in baseball. Right. You got plenty of offense if the squad is together and they got plenty of speed and Bellinger adds to that speed, he can't steal first, but hopefully, you know, something he won't that get up into any clutch situation. That bullpen is suspect. The Dodgers bullpen is has the lowest ERA in baseball, I do believe. So you keep saying they're suspect, but they have the numbers don't say that. Yeah. The You're bullpen. going on the eye test. And I understand what you're saying. <laughs> right. The bullpen is suspect. It, but most of the time the the Dodgers starters get you at least six. And seven, eight, nine lately has been going the right way. Between Joe Kelly, he's actually throwing his, his he, he's committed to his pitches. Canable's solid, and Ken Lee has been shutting the door. To be honest, we'll see what happens on paternity leave. Congrats to Ken Lee for picking up a new baby. Good for him. Where did he get it from? He picked it up. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have a conversation with you about the birds and the bees, son. <laughs> May help you understand why you have so many children. <laughs> Where did I pick him up at? <laughs> Usually at school. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, so um, I think the Dodgers are in good shape. It's coming down to it. And how about the epic collapse of the Yankees, though? You know, they went through their little run where they, they knocked off a, a, a string of wins, and it's catching up to them. You know, it's, it's as if in a basketball game where you're down by 20 and you have to push so hard in the to second come back. Uh, to come back, and then you just run out of gas at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their pitching is just suspect. I mean, they're never, they suspect. didn't get it together. No. The bullpen has been suspect. The Everything's starting, been suspect. Yeah, everything is Even suspect. the offense at yes. times. Yes. So, and Toronto's coming on strong right now. Tampa Bay is always a problem. Tampa Bay, I didn't know this, but I do believe Tampa Bay has the highest per run average in baseball. They actually, Nelly Cruz went over there, and they start putting up runs. Right. And you just need that solid piece sometimes just to get it rolling. Yeah, because they got pitching. Uh-huh. Oof, it's going down. But and 
I hate to say it, but the Astros just keep on winning. I told you. The Astros just keep on winning. No trash can banging or none of that kind of stuff. They just win. The Astros are going to be in trouble in the playoffs because I don't think their pitching is really that impressive. I don't Wrong. I don't trust Zach Grinky. Wrong. I don't you well, trust I, Zach Grinky. No, I don't trust him. What is he behind me? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust Zach Grinky. I don't trust Jake Order I don't trust Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, we don't have to worry about him now. He has a sore foot. Exactly. I don't and and we're gonna see what we get from Framber Valdez, who is a good pitcher. There's yeah. No doubt you about have, that. You have Valdez, you have McCullers, and you have uh, what's the kid? Luis Garcia. And that's kid. We're yeah. going to see what happens when the lights come on. Yeah, well, but, I mean, the, right the, the lineup, forget about it. And they've just Kyle plugged. Tucker's got to be the most improved player in baseball. Right, but they just plug and play. Kyle Tucker was his second year. Yeah, and he's, man, he has developed his game. Yeah. He does it all. And they needed something to fill the hole of Springer. Yes, and they really, that's a testament to their scouting squad. Uh-huh. Because they really felt confident enough to let George Springer go to get Kyle Tucker. And George Springer's been having a year on, the, on and off of the I.L., which hasn't helped anybody. What is the other kid over here that they brought up? Jack Myers? Jack Myers, dude. <laughs> Jack Knife. <laughs> yeah, they, but they got, they have, and, and, and don't forget Jordan Alvarez. Yes. They got Big Daddy over there putting the ball out to the, the stadium. Crushing it. And they get clutch hits. Yes. Men, they get clutch, clutch knocks. knocks. They do. And I'm not crazy for their bullpen, to be honest. But it gets the job done. They put up so it gets many. the job done in this terrible division they but, have. But there's so they many runs. But they, but, but, but they beat every, everybody out of the division. They, they, yeah. They're dominant. And we can say the same thing about the Dodgers because in their division, they only have usually there's only one other competitive team. That's why the, the uh, AL East is so tough because you got that. Well, but this year they have this three out of the five teams are tough in the National League West. The National League West is the toughest division in baseball. Who's tough? You have the the Giants have the best are the best team in baseball. Yeah, but you have the, the Giants, Giants are the best team in Giants baseball. And Dodgers and the Padres. Padres, the Padres are like fifteen games out, dude. Yeah, that's because they got beat into submission. But it's not like they're not, they're not a good not team. Tough. They're not. Real, they're not good. Your record shows that you're not good. If you're fifteen games out, you're not good. Not if you're chasing. And I love the Padres. You're not if you're chasing the two best. Teams I should have worn my Padre hat today. No, but it doesn't you matter. Should. But the Padres aren't good. Okay, but that I don't. I don't. They're stinging the judge. Blake Snell finally got his act together now because the pressure's off, which is unfortunate. But yes. I can't front on that. But you, I mean, they're not good. So there's two good teams in that division, just like the I Astros have two I good teams. Roll that with that. The Yankees have Tampa Bay themselves. Who um, Boston and Boston Toronto. And all, all five of them are solid. Yeah, Baltimore stinks to join up. But oh yeah, yeah Baltimore stinks to join up. But they're young. They're young. But young nobody's offense is like uh, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays' offense, you will want no problems with the Blue Jays. Yeah, but the Blue Jays can be beaten into submission if they have – George Springer gets hurt, and they are a completely different team. I don't believe that anymore. But I, I said He just this, came back, and that's the reason why they're swinging the stick. This I, is what, the George reason – Springer why, doesn't have anything to do with Teoscar Hernandez going completely berserk. He does. Uh, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He does. Just, he just, does. Like with, just like with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., because when George Springer was not in that lineup, that team struggled – the two weeks that he was out of that lineup, they struggled. The, what, the, the two months, the month and a half, they just tread water. But when he's in that lineup, then they turn into a whole different animal. To me, that's not what the Blue Jays' issue is. The Blue Jays can't close out games. They have a strong staff now, mm-hmm. but they can't close the games. Steven Matz looks like Steven Matz from when he was with the Mets, the original, uh-huh. when he first came up. But Rios is pitching a lot better than he was with Minnesota because now he gets crazy run support. But it's not even just a run support. His approach is better. He doesn't walk as many mm-hmm. guys. Um, Robbie Ray is in contention for the Cy Young. Right. You got the kid Manoa that's out there that shows and proves. They got a lot of youth. They got a youth movement that's going down. But the problem is the backside of the bullpen 
can't ever hold it. I mean, and they blow it late. They might blow it in the eighth, eighth of the ninth, blowing chunks. <laughs> it's all bad. But they, they can't get it done. And that's what's, you know, suspect. I, I don't know. I don't know about that American League East. It seems like it's all Tampa, and it's going to be all Tampa. I'd actually be surprised if anybody gets anywhere near them, even though I like to, I love the Blue Jays. I want the Blue Jays to come out the East. I, I would, too. But the thing of it is that everybody loves the long ball, but what it really comes down to is pitching and defense. And that's what Tampa has. And that's what Tampa has. They, and, and they honestly, keep running it out there, and everybody, it, it's not glamorous. Yeah. And, you know, it's it. not the, the, the pace it. of the game that everybody likes, but it's actually what wins baseball games. That's what wins. Yes. That's what wins. And I don't know, you know, I don't know. The, the the Chicago White Sox seem like they're a bipolar they're, team. They're, they're, they're pretenders. Yeah. They're not. They, they Some days you watch them and they're super real. Other days you watch guys stay terrible at bats. When they play tough teams, usually they don't show up. Right. They fold. They beat who they're supposed to beat. Yes. They beat Minnesota. They beat Cleveland. And sometimes they, they don't Kansas even beat City. them. Sometimes they don't even beat them. Because you got guys like Dylan Cease who are up and down and up and down and up and down. And you know he's got talent, but this is what, his yeah. second or third year? Dallas Keiko seems like he should be on the verge of retirement. Right. Speaking of retirement, one of your favorite players has just announced his retirement. Oh, and who is that? Mr. Ryan Braun, the Ooh. 2011 MVP over Matt Kemp. I love Bronny. I know. And it's a good, good, good job, Bronny, getting yours and getting out. He kept it low. Uh, it's unfortunate that Braun's career will always be uh, linked with the juice and the yes. whole debacle of what happened after that. Yeah, but that tainted me. Yeah, yeah, and accusing a guy of anti-Semitism and the whole, I mean. He went far. He went, <laughs> he, he, almost, <laughs> he almost went as far as A-Rod. Almost. I've been really close. Yeah, I mean, whenever you try to ruin somebody that's doing their job, a normal person that, but this is a once again we go back to a societal problem because it's about accountability go. and responsibility and nobody wants and to take nobody it. wants to take it. I mean, you had to eventually take your lumps because you literally got boxed in. Yeah, that's but, the only reason. But that's the only reason. Instead of saying, you know what, I, I, you got me. I messed up. I messed you know up. what? You threw somebody else under the bus that didn't deserve it. You know, the, yeah. the doctor's like, man, I just took, took fine. <laughs> you know, but. It's unfortunate because he was a good ball player. The juice made him great, and I yeah. and I think that if you you know if you looked at his body at work, you could say you know what this dude was a, a good he was going to be in the major leagues yeah. regardless. He might not have made it to the hall, but he yeah. was a above average ball player. He was above average ball player, but the stuff that he did on the juice was was really high level. Right, and all of the speaking of juicers, do you think that some of them are going to make it into the hall? Because a couple of them are up next year, right? And they, I think it's their last time on the ballot. I think Barry Bonds last time on the ballot. Well, you know, and they have this thing now where you have the special... What, juice booth or something? No, you have the special <laughs> writers uh, uh, academy or panel that can... Or the, the players panel or whatever who can then get you in. Kind of like how Larry Walker got in this year. Mm. And Larry Walker, it was great to see Larry Walker in there. Larry Walker deserved it. Oh, no question. Derek Jeter, forget about it. Yeah. Great speech. What a great situation. Yes. Wow. Shout out to Dave Winfield. A shout out to Winfield and just, you know, so many... He just so many ways he played the game the right way. Right. And you just you can't front on that. And I thought it was very notable that I didn't see Alex Rodriguez of all the guys that he played with. He was over there sticking to join him over at ESPN. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. I just watched him make a call. He, he makes a terrible call. I know exactly what you're talking about. You didn't say it. <laughs> right? All right. So we should be looking at a fastball. <laughs> right. I was like, are you Slider. Lower in. And, and this is why you were a bum, regardless of what the numbers say. Are you kidding me? I'm the, and he does it all the time. It's every week. If you're a ball player and you know the game and this guy is predicting a pitch. The numbers that he put up to coincide with what he's saying are, it only only amplify how important the juice was to his success. Yes, I'm because he's never like, right. Wow, 
His insight you call is off. You calling for some cheese and a slider, Gus? And you're hitting 45, 50 bombs a year? 55. Whatever. I think you're 50. And 330 and all that kind of crazy stuff? Come on, man. Yuck. I don't even want to spend any time on that. Where would you like to spend your time? <laughs> if I had my choice, the South of France is nice this time of year. South of France right now, huh? <laughs> but, yeah, so we, got, so we got Major League Baseball. I really think the Brewers are the sleeper cell. Um, they can they can hurt you bad. They get and they why can, did you take Corbin Burns out and not let him get his his no hitter? Oh, dude, he threw a hundred pitches, man. Come on, everybody knows that. No way, dude. <laughs> you can't. Some raw cane super juice in my life. By the way, this is <laughs> you're a juicer, man. <laughs> you're a juicer. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not gonna make it to the hall, dude. I won't vote for you in the podcast Hall of Fame. Oh, we got somebody in. Our special guest, the gang's all here on the Ozone, folks. Trucker Dave back in the house. How you nice. doing? I'm still breathing, fellas. What's going on? Oh, man. That's a yeah. big deal nowadays. Yeah, Praise man. God for it. Yes. And we are live at SoFi Stadium, which was a which was the scene of a mauling by the Rams over these Bears. And, uh, wow, let's talk about week one. You know, I want to say something. I drove into the stadium today to record the pod, and... I had an anxious feeling, and I was saying to myself, wow. Thought you were going to suit up? Is, is the darkness of society that's been going on finally getting me down? And I had to dig deep and figure <laughs> out what was going on, and I was able to pinpoint the source of my darkness is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm mad at Aaron Rodgers because he cost me my fantasy game. And, and, and I couldn't oh, wait did. to come in and speak about how nonchalant and uninspired I mean, literally, I lost my game by 20 points because Aaron Rodgers didn't put up nothing. How many, how many points did he put up fantasy-wise? For I play in the Yahoo League. He gave me nine points. Oh. He was scheduled to give you 43. He gave you nine points. I, I was saying that he was like four tugs waiting to happen. Usually, he's just four off you the were, I consulted you. I consulted you. I consulted Trucker Day. I mean, there's no way you could know. I Who know. could know that he was going to do that? Wow, he stunk the joint. We up. were surprised about the surfer. Yeah, the surfer hairstyle. This is—he looks like a hippie out there. Yeah. he looks like he—he yeah, he looks like he just got off of the beach in Malibu with his wife, and he decided, "Oh shoot, I got a game to t- I, hey, <laughs> hey, babe, you got my bag?" And he went down, flew down to Jacksonville, threw a couple interceptions. Didn't care. Stood, stood on the sideline, kicked back, talked to the fellas, talked to Devontae, see how his things are going. Mailed it in. Mailed it in completely. Oh, mailed it. In. Do you expect the that same thing next week? Intersection. The whole game was terrible. You think he's going to play like that next week? No, they're playing Detroit next week, so I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll have a bounce-back game. I, I'm surprised at this week because, you know, he's such a stat guy to me that, you know, he just seemed like he, he wasn't there. You know, physically it just seemed like he, you know, he just he never checked in. He never checked in, and I think the only thing that can change that is that money. feeling of him sitting? No, no. I, honestly, I think he's got plenty of money. I think even with the yeah. you know new extension, no extension, whatever. I think the only thing that will turn around the beat for the Packers and Rodgers is if that feeling of him sitting on the sideline and getting bullied for a guy whose winning percentage all time he's got to be one of the all time winningest quarterbacks that's ever picked up the football. Oh, I mean, he's like they go twelve and four every year, right? You know, so yeah. When you get when you go from success to that, I have a hard time believing that he's just going to take that on the chin. I don't think that he cares. Right. I really don't. The the way his demeanor on Sunday, 
I mean, he looks so I carefree. I don't know if you can change that in a week, you know, because the only way that he's going to change that is if people actually ride him, you know, to make him. To there was no effort. That was the part that had to be crazy. I was looking at Devontae Adams sitting next to him. Like, you can only imagine what all of the guys on the team are thinking. Because that, that hurts their numbers. That hurts their numbers, and they aren't super fabulous wealthy. They no. need their deal. Right. And you don't get right. paid in football right. without the numbers. No. No. But this year they do have the extra game, and I'm sure he's going to bounce back. But you know what? I think GMs are going to be on notice because if if he's coming to your team, say a team like Denver or, or else he may want to go, you're going to think twice like, okay, this dude's aging. Do I really want to deal with that? Yeah. How about just retiring? Just retire. You know how many guys literally their entire lives have been dedicated to getting to the NFL? Right. Give somebody a chance. It's just so selfish to me. I just cannot believe it. I can not I can never understand. I can never believe it how selfish all of these guys are. If you have enough right. and if you, if you have enough resources and you have had enough success, why in the world? Won't you just see it from the perspective of anybody else? It's so ego-driven. It's unbelievable to me. It would have to be because you just said that it's not about the money. I think it's about the money uh, because I don't think if it's, it's not money, T. Aaron Rodgers got to have 150 liquid well, at mean, the house. I mean, wow, he got at the house. He got at the house. What's his address? <laughs> hey, but it's some truth to what T is saying, though, because if, if that wasn't the case, then it would have been more easier for him to walk away. Right. Mm. You know? I mean, especially when you're talking about a, a stat-driven person, right? He's a stat-driven person. He's, right. And then he didn't put up any numbers. Right. So this has to be about the right. money. He's trying to show you and put you in a situation where he's saying, see, I can do it or I cannot. Or I cannot. So maybe this That's week I should start him yeah. so he could come out and show them, hey, guys, watch these seven thugs. Yeah, I can put up these numbers or not. I know where to put the ball. Yeah, I know <laughs> we all know that he knows where to put the ball. He has one of the best arms in football history. Yep. With strength and accuracy. Jordan Love should be ready. Jordan Love should be he, – he was nice in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he should be ready this this time next year. He should be ready to take over the helm. You know, you got drafted where you got drafted. You have – you know, they're throwing rookies in the fire right now. Look at Mac Jones. Look at – Yeah. You know, all the other uh, – Look at Jalen Hurts. All the yeah. other young quarterbacks. Yeah. Or, 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 or Justin Fields. Just was it that – who was it? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah Guys Trevor got Lawrence. Burrows. They just throw him in. Yeah. Yeah, they, they give them the franchise pretty much. It's up to you. They're giving you the rope. Young guys are, uh-huh. are getting a chance. Now. Yeah. Because so you could be a Mahomes right. or you could be, a, you know, a bust. Yes. But right. how about but this you know, Raider game last night? The Raiders actually showed up. They tried to blow the game every way they could. They did everything they could. The Raiders tried Great Raiders. to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, and the Ravens wouldn't let them. I uh, know, man. That was incredible. Football is looking pretty promising this year. I mean, it does. I mean, if you you start with that Buccaneer Dallas game, it came all the way down to the wire. Right. Thursday night. Let's go back. You to, got, you let, know, let's 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 stay there. Let's stay there. Let's stay there because we know how you, how much you love Tom Brady. I felt like maybe the best thing I've ever heard Chris Collinsworth say on a broadcast. He said this past Thursday during the game, and the question he posed was really real, and he said. Is 25-year-old Tom Brady better than the guy that I'm seeing right now? He's not. He's not. No. This Tom Brady, I, I cannot. I, I. It's over for me, guys. I have to say it. I was, I'm sorry. I've, I've been a Joe Montana guy my whole life as the greatest quarterback ever. I cannot front on Tom Brady at all. 
I never no, fronted on Tom Brady. No. But what Tom Brady can do, you never have to worry about Tom Brady giving you to Aaron Rodgers, what Aaron Rodgers just gave you. No. Never. He'll walk away from the game. Never. He will yeah. walk away from the game. He'll crawl away from the game before he lets that happen. If, even if you like, even if you say Joe Montana was better, but you have to give it to Tom Brady because of longevity. Right. You know, because of. Right. And a lot of it has to do with the league even changes. Even yeah. if you like. Yeah. Even even though they changed some rules for him, whatever, but he's still going. And he might be better now because of the his maturation and his understanding of the game. You know, he can slow it down. I listened to he him. He slows on the, the game down. And, and he was just saying yesterday, he was just like, yeah, I'm just so comfortable when I'm in that position. Now yeah. I know exactly where I'm going with the ball. You see it. Somebody like Gronk out there. And yeah, and they're on the same sheet. So I mean, huge catch by Gronk at the end of regulation yeah, but, to, to, on that final drive. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is that everybody knew that if he got the ball back, that th- that game was over. This is what makes him. This is <laughs> what makes him the over. best. You this have is to give him the, the game back. The ball with two seconds, and then you still question it. And I'm going to tell you what else makes him the best. He marches down the field. What they have, 87 seconds or something like that. He marches down the field. Which, by the way, when you watch all the rest of the quarterbacks in the league and they get the ball with a minute and a half left or two two and a half minutes left, you see how impressive it is that he can march down the field in a minute like nothing. Right. Because nobody else can seem to figure that out ever. But the thing that I loved was they get into field goal range. Tom Brady does the exact opposite of what the Cowboys did. Right. Because he's not a stat whore, Tom Brady said – I'm throwing two balls away because I need to run down yeah, the clock. I think he threw three. <laughs> he said, I'm throwing three balls out. He just threw them out. Yeah, here go. Run the out, run the out route. Yeah. Oh, whoops. That one slipped out. Miss. Oh, throw that one out. And next thing you know, Dak gets the ball with no time left. I forget about it. What a victory. I'm, I'm blown away. Dak played a great game, too. Dak played a great game. Because Amari Cooper played a great game. Those three passes. Dropped his passer rating down. It, it, and none of it matters to him. And that is so he got, awesome. He got to throw up the dub. Because he's throwing up the dub right now. Yeah. And this is yep. why Don't he's ring. This is why he's the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Frodo. This is him. He's out there. Because this dude knows that winning is superior to everything else in sports. Yes. It is. And that's it why he is. keeps clocking dollars. You know what? And they will always pay you. That's why he took less money and whatever. He's like, I ain't worried about that money. That money's going to come back when I get this ring. Yeah. Or the next ring. Yep. Or the next ring. Or the next <laughs> ring. <laughs> I think the only thing that's going to stop him is injury. It's the only thing. Injury and um, a bad uh, bad matchup like, you know, Sean Payton gave him trouble. Right. Yeah. And, but, and, um, and, and that's few and far you know, between. I think that in I think that in a situation like this, you need a guy like a Buddy Ryan. When Buddy Ryan played against Joe Montana, where he came up with a specific type of defense, designed a specific type of defense to beat him, and that's what you know, like the forty six. But other than that, no, no, it doesn't seem like it's a defensive coordinator out there to come up with a special design to try to slow him down. Everybody goes into the same thing, and he's used to everything. Yeah, he's seen too much now. Yeah, it's too long, and you got to come up with something innovative, and you have to have speed. Yes. You have to have speed. The one weakness that I would say Tom Brady has, and honest to God, it didn't look like he had it on Thursday. Yeah, he holes, aired dude. it out. He had a hose. He looked like young Tom Brady. Yeah. His arm looked great, yeah. but he can he can loft the ball. Yeah. And if you have this crazy speed that the new age athletes have, the Daryl Green type speed, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, 
that this is what I've noticed that can give him some problems besides what we all know that gives every quarterback problems. Hit him. Which is getting him off the spot and hitting him. Hit him early. Yeah. But the well, Arians, and he understands getting rid of the ball. good front four without blitzing. That's, that's yes, what the is. key. That's what the Giants did twice. Yep. You have to have that. Like what Chandler Jones did on Sunday, five coming off that corner with five sacks. Come on, man. Man, he clown Ryan Tannehill, man. Yeah. He, 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 he did. He Sunday. That, should, that was shame on Vrabel, though. That was a bad game plan. Because they and he even, said so. It was. Uh, Vrabel said so after the game. Uh-huh. He said kudos. He said kudos to all those players and those coaches over there. They kicked our butts. They outplayed us, and they outcoached us. And that's my fault. Yeah. I have to appreciate that. Yes. He took responsibility. He was accountable. Yeah, because you can't yep. you can't have a running back like that and not stuff the ball down everybody's throat every single game. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that you can do. That's like having Shaquille O'Neal in the middle of the and not giving him the and pill. not giving him the ball. He's going to open up everything, know, everything. Even especially though, now you got Julio Jones over right. there, you got Brown out there. You yeah, got, it's not like they don't have no, pieces. Man. Just bad coaching. Yeah, they got the pieces. But week one, I mean, it'll be interesting. Got a, a bad matchup, though. Yeah, I mean, it just depends well, on I, what the and, matchup and, is. And honestly, it seems like Kyler Murray is the bad matchup for everybody. Right. He is. He is. He's I a, would take him right now over Russell Wilson. I would not. Just because would, of you're him. out of your mind. Because you, you must be road drunk. You know? Are you why? crazy? <laughs> you know why? It's because he hasn't taken all of those hits. Yeah. And he's the future. I agree with that. I'm looking at the future. I agree with that. But you if know, we're talking, talking about, about, I'm talking about one thing. game. I, well, okay, I thought that's what you were talking about. I'm talking about if I got to if I got to go with one game right now, I'm I'm actually taking Russell Wilson over Tom Brady. I, I, Russell, Russell Wilson is what this guy does. Russell Wilson actually has beaten Tom Brady in big games and, and should have beat him in the Super Bowl, low key. Right. And Pete Carroll hurt him. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, but you know the, yeah. what the what the word on the curb is is he had something to do with that as well. Yeah, he he took blame for that, but yeah. I don't really think. I mean, that's, you got to get coach. the pill. Yeah, I don't care if you got to override the call yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that that's I'm not rocket. I was sitting to everybody. That's not rocket everybody science. Everybody in the stadium knew that Beast Mode was about to run that in. Yeah. Everybody, literally, it was just oh, like, oh, oh he oh. almost got in the play before, he and it was just did. like, and it was like, oh, well, they, well, here it is, here it comes, and they got too smart for their own good. Yeah. There was no stopping Marshawn yep. Lynch that day, none. But that year, <laughs> that year, but but either way it goes. Back back to the back to what we're talking about. I'm so impressed with Russell, man. No matter how little or how much oh, he has, I am he's so consistent. I know, but one of the problems that I always see is that he's going to start fading, which is very unfortunate to see because every for the past two years, the second half of the season, you just see him just start to fade. And just like he was talking in off season, he probably won't be there next year because yeah. he can't keep taking punishment like yeah. that. If he had the yeah. ability to actually use his playmaking when it's necessary right. and it not to be necessary three out of the four downs. <laughs> he, he, who knows what he could actually, how many chips he could actually win. Right. Because that's, he's that's as smart true. of a playmaker as anybody. Yeah, if you look at what Patrick Mahomes had to do in one game in the Super Bowl, that's what Russell Wilson has been doing, and that's why I lean towards uh, Murray. Tyler Murray. What is he, 20, is he 25 yet? Yeah, he's a kid. So the yeah. future is bright in Arizona, man. It is. This guy can scramble. He can move. He can make good decisions. A baseball he's a player. Passer. He can get outside the, the pocket. Yeah. I mean, I think what happens, the biggest problem in football is, like, people will give up on the young athletes, like the Lamar Jackson and all of that. Oh, you see, he's still running it. Let him develop. You know, give him some more time. I mean, these guys aren't even 25 years old, most of them. Oh, that's a really my, good point. Yeah, you know? but my problem with Lamar Jackson more so than anything is that he's not developing into any kind of pocket 
passer. Now, this year we can give him a little grace because they have no running game. And he was still putting balls on the money. Yeah. It actually wasn't when he yeah. throws the ball. He's got a hose and the ball's on the yeah, money. But the problem, his problem is protecting the ball. Yeah, well, it's not even his fault, though, because if you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have to Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, and if you have to have the ball 90% of the time, it's, it's all you. Back and it's like a video game. But I'm telling you that what's short-lived is him running the ball all the time because taking he got a, stuck last night. Yeah, but taking a, the acclimation of all those hits eventually catches up with everybody. There's yeah. not any person in the league that ever played. Michael Vick, um, who else? Randall Cunningham. You can, we can just go down and name them. That's taking those hits, and pretty soon they're not in the league anymore. Or if they are in the league, they're just you know mediocre at best. Man, yeah, yeah. it's it's rough that's stuff. True. Who else did you like? Who else yeah. did you like out there, Trucker Dave? Uh, in Week One, what what were you impressed by? I was impressed by the the once in a generation player Patrick Mahomes made on that scramble play outside, and then and then went back over the middle. Yeah, and hit uh, and hit Tyreek Hill. I think only probably four or five, less than ten quarterbacks in NFL history can do that. Right. I mean, he's not going to have the rings that Tom Brady has. Nobody I will. Think that loss will derail his career. But one thing, as far as uh, Super Bowl rings, the one thing you have to look at with him is that he is a once in a generation talent. He sure is. That guy, and he cares. He, has, he sure like, does. They, he cares. He I mean, it's so kids. important now. Coming off the corner on this dude, and he's still at the end of the game. The game, the big games that he's won, like Tom Brady, he's been behind. Yeah. And this dude, man, is a special talent. That play, I just can't believe that he could he could do that. And I, he got a hose. He's got a hose. Uh, Aaron Rodgers could do that, but I don't know. I, I don't know too many other people that, that I can think back in history that can do something like that. Michael Vick. But literally, yeah, I don't think Michael Vick. Mike, Michael Vick could have done that. No, Michael Vick can't. He can. He could have did that. No, no, I don't think so. He was going right. Yeah, he was going away he from the body, and he was going left. and fading away. Yeah. I understand. He threw over fifty yards. He, he got a hose. <laughs> yeah. he He's got a hose. Did you see that play? You see when he in the off season where he threw the ball out of the uh, out of Arrowhead Stadium from inside of the stadium. That had to be Google a photo. That, that's a that's a Photoshop. You Google that. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed with that. And it, you know, football's here, man. And people are pumped up, man. People yeah, are pumped. People Stadiums been, are like, full. Pinned down in the house. So yep. They love the game, man. People I'm going to tell you, they love the NFL, and they have a good schedule this year, which is they do even better. Good matchups. Yeah. And, and that's actually one of the things that I was impressed by. I may have been most impressed by, other than Tom Brady. Uh, and the Bucks winning that game, I was really impressed with Big Ben and that comeback. Right. Yeah. The Bills didn't play up the. They didn't. No, play. they didn't. But the game. But they had the game under control. Right. Like I, I kept checking in on the game, and the, I mean, it was thirteen nothing at the half. I think something like that. There was nothing going on. They got caught up in, in, in Pittsburgh's style of play. You got to get out of that mode, and they, they and they need a running game. They don't really still don't have a running yeah, game. Yeah, they do, man. And fix your offensive line. Yeah, right. I mean, because what you're doing is that you're shortening up Josh Allen's career. They love that. Yeah. Everybody exactly. loves that. You want him to be the running back and the quarterback. No, dude. Let the running back be the running back and let the quarterback be the quarterback. Now, before we let you go, what's both of you guys take on Cam Newton's uh, coming out with his 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 side of the story? I'm, I'm, Cam Newton is complete. Oh, so go ahead. No, no, go. Go, go. 
No, go ahead. I think that Cam Newton, to me, the declination of Cam Newton has been going on since he, to me, since he turned vegan. And then you talking. <laughs> <laughs> how many superstar athletes are vegan you know what i'm saying you can control your diet and everything else but being totally vegan this dude being totally vegan playing in nfl it seems like it's very 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 it doesn't work it doesn't work man the dude needs to eat well, meat and and then you're talking about because ray lewis didn't you don't you don't believe the ray lewis, lewis was vegan i don't believe it like a freaking Trump supporter right now, dude. You're getting presented with evidence that you refuse to what accept. Evidence? Because he said that Ray Lewis didn't do it. I didn't do the research. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> the machine, I told you. I had the evidence. Well, when are you going to show it to us? <laughs> the, 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 the August 43rd. It's coming soon. <laughs> now, see on mypillow.com. <laughs> Anyways, what's your take on it, Trucker Dave? Since Maga over here doesn't believe, <laughs> since he since he fell apart, not when he was getting speared and punished. To me, no, I agree. It, but but it, all of it is so much of it happened with what you guys were just making the point of. They didn't give him the tools that he needed after the Super Bowl. No, they did not. And after that. From the Super Bowl, when he didn't win yeah, the Super did. Bowl, it's like they yanked the funding. Something happened, and they just decided they was cool on Cam. He can either do it all himself, or he can get nothing done. And so, well, you know what? After that, he started getting taking that kind of punishment yeah, that but, we're talking about with these young guys. But yeah. let, let's let Trucker Dave give his take. I wasn't finished with mine. Oh, okay. Sorry, vegan. Well, <laughs> but okay. because because then also we're talking about COVID now. I think that the team can't take a chance with a guy that because the NFL has already let all the teams know that if you test dirty, not with PEDs, but with COVID or whatever, uh-huh. that's going to be on your team. You're going to get a loss and nobody's getting paid. They can't take a chance on doing that because somebody doesn't want to get vaxxed or anything else, or, you know, or not following <laughs> protocol. They can't, that's my opinion. Okay. Trucker Day? I think with Cam Newton... His, if you look at his whole career, he's been erratic. He's never been like, uh, you know, he's never been like a high com- uh, percentage completion guy. He's been dominant, you know, in a, in, a, in a few ways, but he's never been consistent as far as, you know, being able to drop back and find a receiver, read the coverage and all of that. I mean, he, he I don't know. I just, I watched him, man, and I just, I just don't think he has it anymore. And I think once you get old, I think you don't have to be ashamed of it, Evander Holyfield. This is it, but this is exactly what this is what we're talking about, and this is what we're. And I'm saying the same thing with Rogers, to be honest. (laughs) Right? Hey, man, this is this is a part. This is a part of getting older. Is your priorities change in life? Right. And if your priorities no more, no longer slid in the bill. Tom Brady's has not changed. His priority is still being a superstar winner, getting rings. That's my priority. Until I can't look at what Shaq, look at what Shaq said about. Um, about LeBron James and Steph Curry, I, I find it to be true. He said LeBron James and Steph Curry no longer have anything else to prove in their career. I agree with that. Yes. Agree. And it's true. Agree. And that makes it less likely for them to be winners, in my opinion. That's what separates all-time superstars than stars of the era. Mm-hmm. Is because there are guys yeah. who no longer have anything to prove who just have to continue to prove to you that I'm better than you at this game. Right. And that's just a drive that they have. Right. You know, and it's, yeah. and there's a handful of guys. We can name them in every sport. The handful of guys. And usually those guys hang on too long because they can't believe it when it's right. not the case anymore. 
But you have a bunch of right. guys think- who've already. It's like it's like when I, I can't remember what that was where Carmelo Anthony was talking about. It might have been on uh, LeBron's show, The Shop, when they were like talking about him losing or being a loser and this and the other. He was like, "Man, I already won when I was on stage with David Stern. I won when everybody in my family was no longer in poverty." It's like, I won when I got out of New York and now signed a $100 million deal. It's like, I won. Maybe I don't win a ring or maybe I didn't win a ring, but I've won in life. Wow. So there's a different perspective, you know? Right. And it's relative, yeah. I guess. I got it's all relative. <laughs> he won. <laughs> he won. <laughs> With, through reproduction. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Charger Dave. So that's what I would say. God, right, glad to yeah, hear about yeah. you. We're gonna we're gonna chop it up with you sooner than later and talk about uh, next week's preview. Sounds good. All right, man. Be careful out there on them roads. Peace. All right, all right, folks. Another spirited edition of the Ozone. Thanks for joining us live here at SoFi Stadium. I'm your host Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother Terry. The icons. Gonna leave you with a quote from Mother Teresa, and that quote is: "Spread love everywhere you go. Love, because love is love." Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah.